What's good, everybody, and welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, September 9th, 2019. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by the verified one, at Tim Geddes. For the very last time, Andrea Renee, you and I hosting this show together. It's been years that we've been doing this now at this point. It has been. Very, very sad to see you go, but today's the last day of me and you. Right. Tomorrow's the last day of you and Gary. Correct. Wednesday's the last day of you and Greg. Correct. The thing that started it all. I got to mm-hmm. say, though, everyone on the internet has been saying that, that we are the OTP, the one true pair. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? The bomb squad. That's right. You know what I mean? Team red versus blue. And we got our, you know our bomber I mean? jackets on today to celebrate mm-hmm. uh, the Andrea and Tim combo. TNA. I was like getting dressed this morning. And I had to wear my What's Good Guardians Volume 2 shirt, which uh, the What's Good Guardians clan, uh, shout out to Salt Snake Ocelot for making me this shirt because it's Destiny's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Destiny. It's very exciting. It's Destiny that we'd be doing the show together. It's it certainly is, Tim. Yeah, very excited. And it's also destiny that Luke Smith is in the house. That's Ooh, right. He is Bungie here. Zone. That is right. Bungie Zone. Luke Smith is going to be on We Have Cool Friends today uh, at YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or on podcast services. But we're going to talk about that later because You're Tim. you too, right? I am. Wow. I'm doing all the things this wow. week, Tim. <laughs> but this is Kind of Funny Games Daily where each and every weekday we bring you the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Write into Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games where you can submit your questions, your squad ups, and everything else under the video game sun. If you guys want to watch us live, twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games at 10 a.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday. You guys help keep us honest by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to let us know what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody listening on podcast services around the globe. Boom. Sorry, I don't have the papers. No papers um, Don't forget, you can also catch us at youtube.com slash games as well. friendly Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't like to waste paper here. But I will say, at least Greg repurposes it by sending it out to patrons. It's true. That so, is true. That's a, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Housekeeping. It's my final week, as we already mentioned. Tim already ran through the schedule. Um, Destiny 2's Luke Smith is on. We have cool friends, which is immediately after the show, if you guys are watching live. And then friend of the show, Anthony Carboni, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's a cool kid. He's streaming Dreamcast games for the console's 20th anniversary over at twitch.tv slash Anthony Carboni. He's raising money for Still Kicking, a nonprofit that helps awesome people who are going through awful things. Also, so, happy birthday to the Dreamcast. Yeah, man. You know everyone's I mean? birthday is today. Yeah, Destiny, Dreamcast. Kevin's mom's birthday is in 10 days. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm never going to let this die, Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> it's my friend Chuck O'Hate's birthday today, too. Wow. All right, thank you to our Patreon producers, uh, patreon.com slash re-retro games, Blackjack, and Muhammad Muhammad. Hold on. A Patreon is our Patreon producers? That's this crazy. This is meta as fuck. Patreonception. Super meta. It, Make that money, baby. Make that money. <laughs> And today we're brought to you by Hymns, Manscaped, and Quip, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's get into what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. There are four items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Excellent. Kevin Randy here, all busy. Something happening? What's going on? <laughs> nothing? nothing? Okay. Nothing he just relevant, waved, sure. waved us off. All right. For our first story, uh, the Borderlands 3 reviews are up. So let's talk about some review roundup. But before we do that, I think it's obvious that I need to point out to you, you that got kind a brand of funny new games. Laptop cover, I love it. Oh yeah! Wow. My other one was was breaking Time a little to, bit. New new move, new you, new laptop, new laptop wow. cover. Sorry, didn't mean to That's interrupt okay. the important stuff. <laughs> I I think I forgot that it was on there because this might be the first show I've had the new cover it's the reveal. on. Um, worth pointing out, of course, that um, kind of funny games uh, is working on a sponsorship with 2K and Gearbox for Borderlands Three. 
So we're not going to be reviewing the game as far as I'm aware. I mean, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, Gre- Greg I won't be reviewing the game. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Greg wrote that while we have no feedback to offer on reviews, they've only had PC code available, by the way. Um, we, of course, are working with 2K on the Borderlands show. And then he wrote in all caps, ethics. Yeah. So. He also said, they're like, we only have PC codes. And we're like, LOL, no. Yeah. I said the same thing. I was like, where's my, I saw the reviews coming out today. And I was like, where's my Borderlands code? I thought we were working with you guys. And then Greg was like, oh, no, it's just for PC. And I was like, drat. I'll wait. But Patience. we don't need to review it. No. Because everyone else reviewed it. Exactly. Listen, here's my thing. I know I'm going to love Borderlands 3 because I love Borderlands. I don't need to slap any kind of score on it. You guys know that I don't like putting scores on games. But without further ado, Metacritic is currently sitting at 85, which is fantastic. 85 is an excellent score. Um, James Duggan over at IGN gave it a 9.0, and he said, if Borderlands 3 is what happens when a modern looter shooter doesn't concern itself with the longevity of its item economy and daily quests, then you can sign me up for Borderlands 4 right now. Being untethered from persistent servers and able to trade loot at will is a refreshing change of pace, but that's hardly the only reason why this is such an amazing co-op FPS. The sheer magnitude and diversity of its arsenal of fun and surprising weaponry is unmatched, and the striking amount of loving detail and variety packed into its energetic and replayable 30-hour campaign is what makes Borderlands 3 a high point for the series and the genre as a whole. Wow. That's Amazing awesome. Words. Over at Game Informer, they gave it an 8.0. Matt Miller writes... Borderlands 3 is a love letter to its fans and a celebration of the style of play it first popularized. Filled with characters from previous installments and unapologetic in its silly humor and bombastic action, it's an amusing ride that seems hesitant to innovate. If more of what you loved before is your chief desire, Gearbox has granted that wish through a game of impressive scope that charts some very safe territory. And then PC Gamer coming in with a 63. Coming in hot. Uh, James Davenport writes, Borderlands 3 is the family circus by way of Spencer's Gifts. Yikes. A game with long, earnest quests about how darn good coffee is punctuated by gore and gun violence. Borderlands 3 walks by dog poop, points at it, and laughs, and then sets it on fire. Borderlands 3 stays up until 11.30 p.m. drinking soda and Googling crass flash animations, taking detailed notes. It's stuck in the late 2000s when surface-level vul- vulgarity was enough to qualify as edgy. Borderlands 3 is seriously obsessed with turds <laughs> when the series was first <laughs> conceived. It's stuck in a time when memes lasted months rather than days, when referential humor was still a novelty and not exhausting, when you could point at something the slightest bit abnormal or gross and call it a joke. Simpler times, not necessarily better times. That's interesting. That's yeah. always kind of been my vibe of Borderlands as, as a pretty much outsider. I played a little bit of one back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and I watched Alfredo play through almost the entire thing. And I always was like, it's a little too just like, haha, jokey joke for me. Um, but it's interesting to see the, the three reviews here and how they all kind of there's the similarities, but then there's also the really def- it's decided by your tastes on are you into that type of humor? Do you get that this is a game that is made to feel like the other previous installments? Or are you looking for something new? Because if you are, this is probably not for you. But I think that if you're into Borderlands 3 and excited for Borderlands 3, you already know that. Right. Well, games that really rely a lot on humor as part of their narrative are always going to be more divisive than games that don't. I even think about the South Park RPG series and how divisive that was purely because it was South Park Mm. and they have a very poignant point of view on their humor. So I think that this is 
going to be fine for people who love it, and I'm okay with that. I think everything I've said about the game so far from what I've played in preview events has shown that it's more of the same but with a higher level of polish with some added bells and whistles, and that's really all I wanted. Because if they're going to innovate the series now, I feel like it's too early in this franchise to do a major overhaul in the mechanics and the systems, but also, like, don't take that risk. You know, go with what you know, go with what your fans want, and then next time, you know, if they have the technology of the next generation that they're working towards. They can maybe do some new, innovative, cool things. Yeah. So, But we're at the end of this console cycle. Generally, what we see at the end of the console cycle is exactly this. It's something that's highly polished, but not nece- necessarily something that's incredibly innovative. Yeah. So I'm excited to play. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this next new story, Andrea. Yeah, Tim, you want to read this one? Yes, I do. Resident Evil Project Resistant teased. This comes from Matt Perslow at IGN. As promised by Capcom recently, a new Resident Evil game, Project Resistance, has been revealed with a short teaser trailer ahead of its gameplay debut at Tokyo Game Show this week. The trailer shows four characters in what appears to be an umbrella laboratory. They're repeatedly attacked by zombies and a liquor that appear to be unleashed by an unseen shadowy presence in a control room. The person in shadow ends the trailer by putting on a pair of mechanical gloves that glow with red LEDs which are mirrored by two glowing red eyes beneath the brim of a tyrant's hat, seemingly suggesting that this antagonist has the power to control one of Resident Evil's most notorious enemies. The trailer further teases the fan theory of Project Resistance being a four-player co-op game, possibly even a new Resident Evil Outbreak title. The situation in the video certainly appears like a four-player horde-like situation, and one of the characters' jackets looks like it could be a Raccoon City University jacket, a location featured in Resident Evil Outbreak. Further information will be available at TGS this week, starting on Thursday, September 12th. Gameplay footage has been promised, and anyone planning to attend the show in person can see the game at the Project Resistance booth. Ooh, exciting. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The RE engine is my favorite engine in video games. It just makes things look so good to the point that you watch that trailer like, is this CG or is this in engine? It's in engine. That is insane. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So right. The shadows and everything adds so nicely to a game like Resident Evil because it adds to the fear. There's nothing scarier than seeing the little flicker of reflections in water or, or shadows that you think is a zombie coming around the corner. And like that, I feel, is what really kind of uh, reestablished what survival horror games and Resident Evil games in particular can be. And then to see what they did with DMC5, a, a totally different genre of game, but it still added so much because it's just breathtakingly beautiful. To add it now to a four-player horde mode Resident Evil... Is it necessarily what I want from Resident Evil? No. But this trailer, I was like, all right, you're kind of ticking the boxes of things to get me interested with all of the, like, this looks like RE2 multiplayer. I'm down for that. Yeah, and I, uh, Baron, if you wouldn't mind pulling the trailer up, that would be excellent so we can take a look at it for people who are watching with us right now. Um, I wouldn't have believed you if I hadn't played uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake for myself and just seen how fantastic the graphics look in that game and how well it played in yeah. the in the engine and everything that they've done to revamp it. And then that. real quick, I do want to say, I'm not entirely sure that it's not CG, right. but I'm with you. Having played it, it does look it like that. It could be. When the the suspension in, of disbelief is there. The moments in RE2 playing through it where I was just like, how is this a game? Like, we're plentiful. So. Absolutely. I'm with you in like the lighting and everything. Super atmospheric. So, of course, not only is Tim excited, but my What's Good Games co-host, Brittany Brumbacher, 
was all kinds of excited when this Ari came out this morning. Yeah, she was uh, tweeting about it last night saying she was going to wake up early for the reveal. And so I tried to get her on the phone this morning, but she's um, at the vet with her dog, Reb, just doing some uh, routine checkup work. Don't worry, everyone's okay. But <laughs> she did text me this. I am a glass case of emotion, all caps. I really hope this is a true co-op and not 4v1. It looks like it could be 4v1 with the mystery man flipping the switches. I'd like to think that said mystery man is Wesker pre-RE5, fucking with some unfortunate souls that found themselves in the worst possible place. It has to be pre-RE5 because of the game Wesker, one of the main baddies of the earlier games, becomes a toasty lava man and he's real dead. I love that we have traditional RE bioweapons, and since the garb of these kids looks in the 90s, I'd be surprised if we see anything from RE4 and up. Mm. All interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I could buy that. I do think it's going to be 4v1 uh, asymmetric type gameplay with somebody playing as the guy behind it, like kind of setting the different traps and unlocking mm-hmm. the So we got a liquor here that back. they just exploded. I guess like their their garb does kind of look a little 90s, but I mean, that could be from today, too, though. It's retro chic, baby. Retro chic. So Brittany also wrote, it'd be amazing if this game, assuming it takes place sometime around RE2, showed us a side of the city from a survivor's perspective and what those weeks were like post-outbreak in Raccoon City. My thoughts she- are it's not going to have much story at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think she's being a little bit hopeful. Yeah, uh, in well, I mean that's pretty. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that uh, tying in because like if if I remember correctly, the Outbreak games aren't canon to the the main storylines. That's uh, a kind of funny.com com slash, slash you're a wrong, wrong moment. I'm the wrong person to ask. But uh, I enjoyed the Outbreak games uh, back in the day, uh, but I never really like went to them for their story. It was more for the like novelty of playing an RE game with other people. Right. Yeah, and she said, TLDR, give me more Outbreak. And I was kind of looking at some of the responses on Twitter, and it seems like um, RE fans are kind of splits. Like, half of them really love Outbreak. The other half are like, I don't want this thing. I feel like it's not RE fans that are split. It's video game fans. Because RE RE fans love Outbreak. I think it's more of a thing of the people that are, uh, you know, more just like, oh, I'll dabble. Like like me, I would say. Or like me, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, I'd rather RE Remake 3 or a new Resident Evil, whatever it is as opposed to this, right? But I think that the people that have played all of them religiously are going to be super stoked because those were some of the better ones. Like, there was a... I keep forgetting the name of the... Oh, Umbrella... Resident Evil Umbrella something uh, that, that came out. There was a kind of a successor to Outbreak, and it was not good. Last gen. Um, I'm looking up the list of games. Um, Resident Evil Umbrella Core? Yes. Boo-boo. 2016? Yep. That's it. Did not like that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever but, played but that I game. I expect that this is going to be more similar to Outbreak. And also, just there's a level. They've been knocking out of the park. Capcom, Cap Gods, they're back, baby. Like, ever since Monster Hunter came out, Monster Hunter World, they really just kind of were like, hey, look, we understand that we've had a couple years of really, really, really bad decisions, but we're going to put out quality content. Monster Hunter becoming their number one selling game. Then we got, uh, or, I don't know about the timing on this, but Resident Evil 7, right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Resident Evil 2, fantastic. Devil May Cry 5, fantastic. Like, just boom, 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 boom. I kind of give them the the luxury to kind of do something that seems a little bit different now because I trust that they're going to put out a quality product. I'm with you. Yeah, I think it was Resident Evil 7 that really kind of kickstarted it all because that was the first. And then um, Monster Hunter World came out. And Monster Hunter was kind of a a bit of a slow burn. It obviously had a pop at launch, but it's continued to sell well. And now the new DLC, Iceborne, is Mm -hmm. out. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go with their other franchises um, in addition to where they take the franchises that have been doing well for them. So, yeah. 
We'll know more later this week. I imagine Friday's KFGD. You guys will have something to say. But let's move on to the next story, shall we? Mm-hmm. This is another one, Barrett, that I'm going to ask you to pull up. You can see the hyperlink in the title there. Nintendo patent shows curved Joy-Con design. What, what? Nintendo has patented a new Joy-Con design, which would allow for controllers shaped a little differently with the top half of each tilted downwards. This, of course, is from Eurogamer, this story. Let me see here. Where did I leave off? There doesn't seem to be any added functionality here, just potentially more ergonomic fit in your hand. Each Joy-Con would then still dock onto the main switch unit using a hinged attachment rail. The patent dug up over the weekend on Reddit is publicly viewable, but it's worth remembering that this is still far from confirmation. The idea will actually see the light of day, if it ever does. Nintendo has a history of patenting ideas which never leave the idea stage. Remember the sleep monitor with a ceiling projector? Remember the working Game Boy shell for your smartphone? No. The controller with scroll wheels? I don't remember any of these things. What about that flexible Nintendo Switch hoop? Oh, wait. That one's actually real. Unbelievable. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see whatever that is. Or is it going to go the way of the little health adapter thing where you stick your finger in it? You know what I'm talking about? No. The vitality sensor? No, I don't remember that Fair at all. Get Google that vitality I did sensor. Have the, I had the balance board that doubled as a scale that you could like do yoga on or we whatever. Um, so we actually we used it one Thanksgiving to do pre and post weigh-ins with everybody mm. just for funsies just for to see fun. how much. Yeah. Um, one girl in our group gained seven pounds that Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good for her. <laughs> Bring this up, please. Oh my gosh, what the is Wii this? The Wii Vitality Sensor. So Dude, weird. It's go, literally go, like the thing they put on your finger the left, in the hospital the to read your blood pressure. We don't need the video, just like, yeah, click on that image. Yeah, a lot of motherfucking came out on stage and said, this is the thing that we're doing. And then they never did it. But that was at E3. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Gotta Nintendo is definitely full of some weird ideas. I don't know how I feel about these curved Joy-Cons. I don't think that they're ever going to actually come out. Um, but... I can see Nintendo just getting weird. They like to iterate on on the things and might as well put out more stuff for people to buy because they know that people will. It's true. And I get the ergonomics of it, but also it's just like this doesn't solve any of the problems of the Joy-Cons. I've never been holding the the Switch in handheld mode and being like, damn, I really wish it was just a little bit more comfortable. I'm like, I wish I had a D-pad. Yes. I wish I had bigger buttons. I wish the joysticks were bigger, yeah. Yeah, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of wishes I have. Barrett, I put another thing. Um, it's black on the, the dock. You see that? Yeah. If you could open that up. This is a, another thing. A new patent appears for an improved Nintendo Switch VR headset design. So if this is <laughs> building off of what they did with Labo, which I thought was... When they when we originally saw those publicity photos for Labo with the kids like holding it up to their face, I was like, "This is not a thing that's actually happening, right?" Like, first off, who wants to put cardboard on their face? That doesn't feel comfortable. But then you have to hold it up there. I think I was hosting with Fran that day, and he kept talking about how it'd be like the best shoulder workout ever, though, if you just had to hold stuff at your face level for like look at how cool they look five minutes though. at a time. That could be us, Andrea. It could be we us. We could be doing the VR mode of Smash Brothers. Us, well, gamers. now we need a Photoshop of this. If there's an enterprising <laughs> young best friend out there who wants to Photoshop Tim and I holding oh, God. <laughs> Nintendo Switch VR. That, that's the thing, though, is uh, Andre from Game Explain uh, 
has been doing all of the the VR things that have been coming out for Nintendo. And like according to him, it's like it is kind of a range of a lot of them are just like, what is, what is the point of this? This is a waste of development time. And then some of them are like, these are kind of neat experiences that work better than they should. Yes. Um, but it just kind of seems like such a weird half step that only Nintendo would make. Yeah, they do like to experiment. I want to give them, you know, praise for innovating and doing things that nobody else is thinking of, but also being able to fail quickly and move on because that is the sign of, I think, somebody who's really successful to say, hey, I'm going to try something and if it doesn't work out, I'm going to move on to the next thing really quickly and not try to, like, make it work even though it's very clearly not working. Like the Wii? Uh, no. You didn't think the Wii worked? No, the Wii, the Wii worked in many ways. What didn't work is, like, we're going to shoehorn these motion controls into every game. Every game! Every Every game. That's fair. It's going to be like five years later, and then it's like, oh, hey, maybe now that you're getting bored of that, here's a vitality sensor, motherfuckers. (laughs) Nah, Nah, son. Jared Petty, get fucked. (laughs) I love you, Jared. I love him too, but he has bad taste. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He does sometimes have bad taste. Wait, yeah, doesn't he say that the Wii controller is like the best controller? No, I just we got into an argument one time about him saying that how many amazing games that we had and I was like name five name five amazing games yeah. and he just started naming games that were on the Wii I'm like those are different things yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah we had a lot of games it's true um, nanobiologist Sorry, yes. over at countyfunny.com slash you're wrong says the Nintendo sleep monitor is coming with Pokemon Go Plus for Pokemon Sleep it's oh, not right. dead yet that's right that's right and he also writes that the Nintendo Health Sensor is not for checking blood pressure. In the hospital, it is called a pulse oximeter and is used to check heart rate and oxygen saturation in the blood. Well, thanks. Thrilling gameplay mechanics there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all about that oxygen saturation, Tim. Oh, man. Well, let's move on to another controversial story. Is it an X button or a cross button, asks Vicky Late at Eurogamer. The symbol that is the southernmost position of the four buttons on your DualShock controller. What do you call it? X. 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 If you're of rational mind, you'll probably call it the X button, right? That's what I call it, and that's what my pals call it. I mean, we've all seen detractors, those unsettling people who wait for it, call it cross. Ha! They're just being contrary. We all know the truth. We know we're right. Except we're not. After the latest what do you call this button debate raged on social media, PlayStation UK decided to wait in. Only instead of clearing everything up, all it's done is blow our collective minds. According to PlayStation, X is wrong. I'm wrong. We're all wrong. And it's, if I can barely type this, my fingers are shaking so badly. It is indeed called a cross? Triangle, circle, cross, square? PlayStation UK insisted. If cross is called X, it's not. Then what are you calling circle? Oh, I mean, no one calls it O. No, I'm just kidding. It's I'm definitely just, an X. Like, they're, they're wrong here. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. I don't understand why this is becoming a story now. Like, I get <laughs> that PlayStation tweeted it, so it's a whole thing. But if you look at any of their merch or anything they've ever put out, it says cross. Like, the sacred symbols, like, it's, yeah. it's cross. Like, they've said that. Yeah, they're fucking wrong. Like, people call it X, but it doesn't matter. It is cross. It's like the guy who made GIF. Like, he yeah. also pronounces it GIF. And it's and like, like, no, no it's, it's GIF. GIF. It's GIF. It's you definitely can, GIF. You can deal with that. But that's the thing is, like, like P.S. I love you, XOXO that we had. No one calls it O. But no one got upset about that. Like, like that's True. the thing. It's a, visually, you, you look at it, you get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's the same thing when you're talking, you're saying numbers. And, like, uh, you're, you're giving someone's phone number. Who says zero? People say oh. I say zero sometimes. Yeah, I say zero too. No, you don't. I, yeah. I do. I don't believe you. <laughs> no. 
No. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> like when when uh when there's an error on a website, mm-hmm. what do you call that? 404. There you go. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't say zero when I'm giving my phone number. Okay. Both can be, both okay. can be, both can be true, Tim. Both can be true. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But what's interesting is that there's a, you know, you had dropped in this image of somebody responding to the tweet that PlayStation UK made. Um, can you talking bring this about, up, Talking about crosses having the same distance between each stick, but that X's form a rectangle. But doesn't a lowercase X have, aren't they the exact same as a cross? Because this looks like an uppercase uh, X to me. Mm, mm. I'm trying to like figure out how to open this image. No, even the lowercase X, it has. It's just smaller than the uh, uppercase like, capital. Wait, no, wait. I'm <laughs> trying to look at him here. So I typed him yeah, into the doc is, here, trying yeah. to make him really big. Wait, wait, it's happening. No, stop it, computer. If you type X three times and then hit search, crazy shit happens. <laughs> Don't do it, Tim. <laughs> Um, did, did you pull up the image? No, I, hold on. I'm trying no, to. No, like, the lowercase x looks looks like it's sy- symmetrical. Oh, I feel you. But I mean, I haven't. I'm not measuring it with Photoshop. It's possible that I'm there not. There we go. So this is the tweet that we're talking about. It's from at s i e crimson responding to PlayStation UK. It says because this debate grinds my gears, I'll finish it once and for all. Crosses have the same distance between each stick. Crosses form a square. X's don't have the same distance between each stick. X's form a rectangle. Basic geometry. <laughs> and then he's got a little diagram with an X and a cross next to each other. But like I said, if it's a lowercase X, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it works out. Here's the thing. But that's not a lowercase X though. That pink thing? No, it's a yeah. cross. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I feel like this is one of those things like PlayStation UK coming in trying to speak for all of PlayStation. Well, they also spell color with a U. Yeah, they're they're weird the over weirdo. there in the UK. <laughs> 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 it's so dumb. So I guess we can just you know cross this out as hey, not being a thing. Hey, hey. See what I did I there. I like that. I like that. And we can just lot. continue to call that button the next button. Or we can just wait until all the game console makers decide to get together in a room and say, "Hey, you know what? PlayStation buttons got it right. Let's just <laughs> call everything." X square circle triangle so then everyone will understand what button they're supposed to press at all times unlike Nintendo and Xbox I'm sorry I understand ABXY are like they're what started it all right but at this point it's too muddled it's too confusing yep. people are too used to too many things at the very least, always use the accept button as the southernmost button Nintendo making it the right button like it's the Japanese uh, thing that's the problem it, that's the only reason is they do that because like back on the day back in the day in the PlayStation Metal Gear Solid Final Fantasy games it was the right button as well. It's weird, Tim. I don't yeah. like it. Use in color and right side accept buttons. What's next? <laughs> Calling these buttons president? cross no. buttons? Heck no. Um, the nanobiologist did write in about this to, to say um, the X button is actually a cross button, but who cares? It just seems like this is an argument for argument's sake. To me, this button will always be an X button where most people won't even see this and continue calling a meteor or shooting star, even though it's technically a difference in both in these cases. 
I didn't realize that. How do you fall on this debate? <laughs> will it always be next to you or do you listen to the logic some people have put out and will follow the way the inventor has decreed it to be? Also, this is not the inventor. This is somebody on the social media team for PlayStation UK just like running wild with this thing. They're not running wild. Like there is there Should is we a, call up like hardware architect there, Mark Cerny and be like, what's going on? There's, there? there's a brand <laughs> style book that says cross for PlayStation. No, Tim, don't, I, bu- I, I, don't burst is my bubble. It, I don't it is what know. it is, guys, but it's an X. <laughs> So, <laughs> is this like the at 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 thing? People yeah. will always say both. Yeah, a little bit. I, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then there's like though, one side that's really that mean about it. it. I feel like that is a tomato tomato, even though no one says tomato. Have you ever mm. met someone that says tomato? Yes. Unless no. they have a funny accent, that's yes. their fault, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I've I've met some people in Australia who say tomato, and some people in the UK that say tomato. Mm, okay. That's fair. A friend of mine once had a t-shirt that said, you say tomato, I say fuck you. And I loved it. Yeah. It was the best. Yeah. And it was like a really smiley tomato on the front. I was like, I want that shirt. <laughs> anyway, wow. I digress. Me getting that shirt, Tim, mm-hmm. so far away. It's true. But if I wanted something in my hands today, like what came to the bottom, grab digital shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. do 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 I you always do that best. I want you oh, to know that. On my you. final show with you, I want to let you know that I hate it. I hate the jingle. It's well documented. <laughs> you make it tolerable. Oh, thank you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, Fran's weird jazzy thing God, he does geez. like always oh, throws me off. It's the Fran worst. throws me worst. off. <laughs> <laughs> Fran in general just throws you off. <laughs> Out today, Ridiculous Rugby is on PC and Mac. What's ridiculous about it? Well, I, besides everything, rugby's insane. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we take a look at this. Work Hard is on PC. Unrailed is on PC. King and Slaves is on PC. Wizard Battles is coming to PC and Mac. Solitaire Match 2 cards Valentine's Day. What? <laughs> You're matching Valentine's Day cards? Yeah, it is out of season. What is wrong with people? <laughs> it's coming to PC and Mac. Uh, so th- we're now watching Ridiculous rub- Rugby. Um, and Barrett's going to pull it up for us so everyone can see who's watching on Twitch and YouTube. Oh, um, this looks. So they look kind of like bobbleheads, sort of. Um, ridiculous. But yeah, their heads aren't oversized. They just, um, they're just leading with their heads. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the, it, it, they kind of have ragdoll physics a little bit, yeah, but their arms aren't of, super floppy. It looks kind of gang beasts meets rugby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what this art style is. Um, uh, cheap is uh, the word you were looking for. <laughs> it uh, kind of gives me a, a little bit of like a Clash of Clans vibe with their uh, face okay. design. Yeah. yeah. Um, but obviously not as nice. But How do yeah. they score? What is rugby, man? It's so <laughs> weird. It's rugby. Then yeah. we got Last Regiment on PC. Yes. And one thing I wanted to add that's on this list, uh, but Celeste, Chapter 9, yeah. out today. Very exciting stuff. Um, getting good reviews, getting good talk. Very excited to, to be able to dive in. Some people got to play it early. I didn't. Neither They're did pretty I. sad about that. Yeah. No, but I but I, like I'm happy to go buy it, though. I'd like, I love supporting that team. Yeah, it's oh, free. it's free? Yeah. Even free. better. It's like two people are saying it's about two hours of content for free. That's awesome. It's a nice little wrap up to the the game. Yeah, I heard Imran and JV talking about it uh, on the show on Friday, and and JV being like all like down on Celeste, being like, uh, I know this is controversial, but I didn't like Celeste, and I was like, wait, what? That's oh. fine. You're, you're, but he Barrett, also Barrett, he, no, he gave the context that he's not a platformer guy. You don't, don't understand that it's Tim and Andrea at this table right now. No one's allowed opinions. When it's us, it's true. Okay? okay. There's facts, and you're looking at them. But you like Celeste. Yeah, I love Celeste. And you all agreed in the room that he was wrong. And yeah. He should go back and revisit it. Yeah. And give it another chance. Yeah. So don't defend his bad opinion. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> okay. I heard that he calls it cross. 
I don't know the guy, but hey. Uh, no, but seriously, it's great. You guys should play Celeste. Um, all right. New dates. Rage 2's first expansion, Rise of the Ghost, is coming to PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation on September 26th. Avalanche Studios and id Software have cranked the insanity factor from an 11 to a 12 in Rise of the Ghost, giving players a brand new story in a new region that's littered with the cannibalistic Felt right infused ghosts, a new felt right laser launcher to disintegrate those ghosts, a new void ability to use the force upon the ghosts, and more. Players who don't own the deluxe edition can purchase Rise of the Ghosts from the in game store for 1500 rage coins or $15 on September 26th. Hitman 2 is getting a brand new Haven Island map on September 24th, and Ghostblade HD will be the next Ghostblade. release. <laughs> in the Nintendo Switch limited edition lineup. Pre-orders for the physical edition, which will have a standard and limited release, will open on Thursday, September 12th at online retailer PlayAsia. The digital version will launch worldwide in October 2019. Patoon's Party, the multi-awarded local multiplayer game for up to four players, will be out on Nintendo Switch on September 20th. Mabel and the Woods hits Xbox One on September 18th and Switch on October 10th. Mini Metro is coming to PS4 on September 10th. And Remnant is adding some free content. On September 12th, they're getting an adventure mode, which will bring a new layer of exploration to Remnant from the Ashes by allowing players to re-roll the following biomes. Ruined Earth, Rom, and Yaisha. Yaisha? I don't know how to say that word. Without having to play all the way through the main campaign. On September 19th, Lido's Lab will drop and take players a quest through the research station Alpha, where they will be challenged by light puzzles mixed with intense combat, including a new boss fight. And both Adventure Mode and Lido's Lab are completely free and will appear as part of an automatic update to the game. Barrett, can you pull up the video I sent assets, please? All right. Uh, I wanted to see what Ghostblade HD looks like. All right. And it's not what I expected. Mm. Oh, wow. But it looks freaking cool. <laughs> So it's a it's a shmup. Wouldn't have thought that. Oh. But with just awesome art everywhere and things get crazy. Yeah, this looks this is like an old school style shmup too. I remember playing a game on PC that looked very similar to this. Whoa. This, uh, this looks like some Sam Claiborne yeah. Snyder ass shit right here. Oh, yeah. here we go. That vertical mode, look at that. Yeah, they're Using showing it on like a Switch's phone screen. or a tablet. No, it's a Switch. That's a Switch vertical mode? Yeah, man. I don't think I've ever played anything in vertical mode on Switch. You're missing Switch. out. It's real yeah. cool for these type of things. It's like it's made for because then you don't get those the borders. Yeah. Anyway, looks cool. Not what I expected. Thanks, Barrett. I appreciate you. Nice. I hope you know that. All right. Deal of the day. I just popped on over to Wario64's Twitter page to see what we got. And it looks like you can buy the Xbox wireless controller, the Fortnite Special Edition purple one. For fifty four ninety nine on Amazon, because wow. I think that was previously only available in the bundle, but now they've broken it out. I've seen them um, sending it to people. Keep asking my friends at Xbox. You know, I I would like a purple controller. You could send one to me purple. if you want. Please, hearts. Thanks. Um, Wario sixty four also tweets about some deals happening on Steam all week long, um, including. Let's see here. Hmm. You can buy Grand Theft Auto Vice City for $3.49. What a steal. What a steal indeed. That's Grand Theft <laughs> games. And then there's a bunch know. of other games I that tried. I've never played. Andy humor, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> that was an Andy-ass joke. Right I was there. trying to make a pun, not an Andy joke, but <laughs> I just didn't get there. Yeah. So yeah. it came off like an Andy joke. We, we, we said Xbox, I think, in the last couple of minutes, and someone in the chat said, uh, you mean Crossbox? 
Oh, oh, hey. Cross box. That sounds terrible. All right, now <laughs> it's time for Reader Mail, where you can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can get that show ad-free. But speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by... Let me add them. Hims. Nick and Andy noticed their hair was thinning, and they decided to do something about it. They went to 4 Hims is a wellness brand for men that helps you deal with all the awkward problems you don't want to make an appointment to talk about. 4 is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. There are prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows there are some, some men's health conversations that are easier online than in person. Forums connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You just answer a few questions, a doctor will review, and if they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Uh, you guys can get started with Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. You can see the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy or anywhere else. Uh, go to 4 slash games daily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash games daily. 4 slash games daily. Here's a new one for you guys, Manscaped. Let me tell you all about it. Support for Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who is number one in the men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Oh, they're making this <laughs> rhyme. Uh, so check this out. This is the first ever ad copy that ever specifically t- says to talk about my balls. So I'm going to. Um, <laughs> we've all been there. You know what I mean? It's a Saturday night. You're getting ha- ready for you're getting there, ready for I'll a crazy Sunday morning, and you're just like, I need I need to get some things in shape. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, you're buzzing, you're buzzing, and then you get the nick. Barrett, is there anything worse than that nick? Scarpino? No. Oh my God, <laughs> nothing nothing worse than it at all. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use. The same trimmer on your face that you're using down there. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off free shipping and free shipping. Sorry, 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code GAMES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use code GAMES. And finally, shout out to Quip. The best way to ease back into your post-summer routine is to start it up before September. Simplify the morning and evening now with a simpler Electric toothbrush from Quip before the end of September. I'm going to say there because we're already in September. It's true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just went to Tahoe for a wedding. Yes. And guess what was so easy? Packing my toothbrush. Got that All nice travel do, case. I had the Quip. You flip the thing. You put it in. Next thing you know, your stand, your toothbrush stand that is a fixture of my shower is now in my travel bag ready to go with me to Tahoe. I brush my teeth twice a day in Tahoe. It was insane. That's <laughs> Two great. Two minutes at a time. Twice you know a I mean? day, Tim. Four, four quadrants up. You know what I mean. <laughs> we got the northwest. Down, we got the right. northeast. We got the southeast and the southwest, man. We got all of them. 30 seconds each. So there's that nice little vibration, that tingle that lets mm. you know it's time to move on. Time to move on. Um, Quip's got a built-in two-minute timer like I was talking about. Plus, there's no wires or a clunky charger, and it runs for three months on a single charge. It's great. You never need to worry about it. The mm-hmm. moment you're, you're like, oh, I should get a new thing. 
It shows up in the mail. You put the new brush head on. You put the new battery in. You're ready to go for three more months. Uh, brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months. For just $5, a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. That's why we love Quip and why it's perfect for getting back into a routine. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash games. All Remember right. when they used to tell us you're supposed to brush your teeth three times a day? What? Wait, when? When was I feel that? Like thing? growing up in school and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, you're supposed to After do After every meal. And it's just like, I mean, it's better if you do, yeah. but I mean, who's bringing a toothbrush with them all the time? I, I mean, with Quip, you could. Yeah. You could, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Well, when I had my Invisalign, I was bringing a toothbrush with me everywhere. Same. Yeah. Mm. I was always having to brush my teeth and then put my trays back in. Yeah. yeah. It's nasty. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. About that life. Exactly. What's up with that reader mail, Andrea? Well, the first one is from, now, it's interesting, our conversation. Is it Bortz and Zero Zero or is it Bortz and Double O? Bortz and Double O, baby. Double O. I like it better. You let us know, Bortzen. Good morning, Andrea and Tim. Today is the 20th anniversary of the Dreamcast. And I just want to say slash argue that the Dreamcast is the most influential game console of all time. Well, I'm just going to say you're wrong there. With its (laughs) online gameplay creation of the 2K Sports franchise pre-boot menu that is now common for all consoles, VMU games, some of the first second screen experiences, and of course, the Sonic Adventure series music. It was the first (laughs) console I ever owned and is still one of the best consoles of all time. I ask today that we all take time and reflect on our Dreamcast memories and remember the last console that Sega made. You know, I'm just going to come out and say it. The, the Dreamcast, I think, is the most overrated console of all time. And people's memories yeah. of it I I, always surprise me. Always surprise me. And I get there's different tastes out there. I mean, everyone has their things. I will say, though, Bortson, you're making a very compelling argument here. There's a lot of things that I haven't thought about in the context of influencing video games and where they're at now. Because, like, he's right. Like, the 2K games uh, were the first real console online experiences that I feel hit mainstream. Yes, you could play games before, like even as far back as like the Super Nintendo, uh, using online connections and stuff. But the 2K games made that something that was like a uh, experience that was part of the general zeitgeist. Um, and I feel like later Halo kind of like knocked it out of the park, mm-hmm. uh, changed the game with Xbox Live. But you needed that that boost that the Dreamcast gave. The the pre boot menu and stuff. That's right. It was the first one. It was the first kind of introduction to a lot of these a lot of these different features that we now just. Having all take all video for granted, games. yeah. But in terms of memories of Dreamcast, I I remember being very excited going in. I was always a, a Sonic kid. I, I I mean, of course, I'm a Nintendo kid first and foremost. But I loved platformers and I loved Sonic, and I couldn't wait to see the transition into a 3D game. And when Adventure launched with it, and then later going into Adventure 2, I was so hyped to be able to play it, even though I didn't own the console, and I wanted it so bad. And it wasn't until years later that I played uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the the GameCube when it finally got released. And I was so excited that I finally got to play this game. And then I played the game. (laughs) (laughs) And then then it all started falling apart. The The music, you're right. The Sonic Adventure music is just, oh, chef's kiss. It's fantastic. Escape from the city? Are you kidding me? But the games (laughs) are at most a third good (laughs) and two-thirds bad. Yeah, I'm looking at the list of Dreamcast games, trying to remember what I even played on Dreamcast, because I didn't spend very much time with my Dreamcast. Um, I was very much a, a Nintendo 64 girl, um, but 
yeah, none of these are like sparking like a, oh, hey, yeah, I vividly remember playing that. I feel like the Dreamcast is the Jared Petty of consoles. Uh, not to mention Jared Petty twice in one episode. Uh, so I'm say it one more time, he'll he'll appear. But um, you know, it had the it had the weird games like Seaman, you know, and it had it did have the NBA 2K games, NFL 2K games, um, and then on top of that, there was this, the Sonic Adventure games, and I feel like there was a lot of just obscure Japanese experimental games, which like is Shenmue, which, and then the, and then there was Shenmue, <laughs> the rise of Shenmue, right? Like that mm-hmm. that was a a big moment for for Dreamcast and for Sega, um, but at the end of the day. There's a reason things would happen the way that they did. It's true. Barrett, do you have any Dreamcast memories, or were you not born yet? Uh. <laughs> it also had Power Stone, which less... Re- See, here, here's the one, like, the real shout-out. Sorry, Barrett. Re- the last thing is, uh, shout-out to Dreamcast for its successes. It was so good at emulating um, arcade games, and the infra- because the infrastructure was the same. Mm-hmm. So games like Power Stone, games like Marvel vs. Capcom 2, like, the Dreamcast had the definitive console version of... MVC too, like that's mm. important, especially during that time when arcade games were at maybe not an all time high, but close to it. Barrett, uh, yeah, I was a N sixty four kid. Um, was this Sega's last console? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of people are saying Jet Set Radio. They wanted to give that a shout out. So Jet Set Radio, yeah, another game though that honestly I never loved. Mm. The soundtrack was cool. The look was cool. But yeah, I played it like way too. Like I played it at like my friend's house in high school, and I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Why is this cool? We're the wrong people to be celebrating the Dreamcast. <laughs> I'm sorry if you love it. Keep Happy loving birthday, things. Dreamcast! Yeah. Um. All right, let's go on to the next question here. Evan M writes in and says, "Good morning, Tim." Good morning, Evan. Tomorrow is the new yearly iPhone reveal, and I would be remiss to not mention it with Tim on the show, because Apple has recently been publishing games from real traditional game devs. That game company comes to mind. Do you think we will see any gaming news at tomorrow's iPhone conference? Mobile games are a big deal to most of the world, and it seems like the perfect time to speak to that audience. However, without knowing too much about how Apple structures their announcements and conferences, will we see any exciting news about Apple mobile exclusive games? Thanks for all you do, and good luck, Andrea, down in L.A. Evan M. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Apple Arcade is absolutely going to make an appearance. And uh, we know that for sure, because for the first time ever, kind of funny, and Greg Miller were invited to go oh, to the snap. iPhone event, and that would only happen if they were going to talk about game stuff. Is he going? Right. He is going. That's really cool. It's pretty damn cool. I've always wanted to go to I know, Mountain just, and just, go to an Apple event. Just for the fun of it. But yeah. the, the weird thing is it's like, I don't think it's going to be as cool as you'd think. Like, going to an E3 press conference is fun, because there's like crazy like fans fanfare and, like that. Yeah. and like just like uh, there's energy to it whereas like the apple presentations i mean unless you were there from so for some of the like real iconic ones uh which tomorrow is not going to be yeah uh, like the rumors going in that at this point seem pretty confirmed we'll hear some stuff about apple arcade we're gonna get the iphone 11 iphone 11 pro um some form of a, a cheaper one and uh the big one more thing moment that people are expecting is a tile-like system where uh, there'll be this little circular Apple sticker kind of thing that you can put mm-hmm. onto stuff. And they're expanding the Find My iPhone feature to be just Find My. And then oh, you can like okay. put it on your laptop. Or, that's not a good example because you can already do that. You can put it on Barrett's hat. And then can you put you it on your keys? Yeah. That's, I think that's really kind of what they're... 
They're pushing. I mean There's like leaked images of like keychains with it on it. Yeah, or if mm. like you have a wallet, you can stick it inside your wallet or, like put it on or your purse or something. Because I need to find him at all times. <laughs> Where is Barrett? We ha- we had an engagement ring scare. Do you think I could put it onto the engagement ring? I, you could. No, but you should have a separate insurance policy for it. You need help with that. I can help. You. I can help you with that. Adult thing you should do. That Barrett has looked into insurance. <laughs> and when policies. I say scare, we like freaked out for like ten minutes, and then we just realized it was on the nightstand. It was like, oh, okay. This is it's why right you there. have a ring dish. Mm. In our in the Drake household, we have three locations for the ring dish, and that's right. the only place the rings go. You yep. take it off, they must go in one of these three locations. So you always know where it is. Yeah, it, it was a weird spot because it's it, she never puts it on my nightstand, Uh-oh. and my nightstand does not have a ring dish, but she does. After that happened, she's like, I got to get a fucking ring dish for that nightstand. Mm-hmm. So, you can get so many cute ones. We yep. should make a kind of funny ring dish. Add it to the we store. Should. <laughs> Let's do it. It would be cute. The little face. It would be, per- <laughs> it would be perfect. I'm in. Um, so I wanted to pull up a story that was posted on Macworld um, today talking about the Apple Arcade release gate. Release date, games list, and price rumors. So this was posted seven hours ago by David Price, who said um, that Apple Arcade... Uh, was first revealed, of course, at Apple Spring press event back in March, um, that the release date is scheduled to be... Mm, we're hoping that they're going to give the release date. I thought they gave it here. We're hoping they're going to give the release date at the event tomorrow, where ideally, in a perfect world, they'd say, it's out today, but if not out tomorrow or this week, that they'll hopefully la- launch it or soft launch it sometime this fall. Um, the price is rumored to be four ninety nine a month, and you get a free month. One month trial will be available. As with News Plus, the standard fee will include family sharing, so it's up to six people will be able to share a subscription. And according to reports, Apple will collect the monthly fees from subscribers, and the revenue from these subscriptions will then be divided up between developers based on how much time users spend playing their game. Mm. Um, what games are included? Um, and just so we go back to the question here from Evan, Apple's been working with big video game developers and publishers for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure why Sky from uh, that game company was the one that you thought of first, but since Apple's been making games, the major publishers have been releasing stuff um, in the App Store. So. Well, I think because it was like the first time that they had a, a, a big deal, kind of critically acclaimed game studio working on an original game that was exclusively for iPhone. exclusively well, well I mean I guess even then it's not, not right but yeah exclusively for mobile right right which did Sky end up coming to switch or I think it's going to at some point mm. yeah but whatever it's like it's undeniable that Sky's f- focus was mobile whereas like before that we had Infinity Blade from Epic but like that I would even say is different because Epic uh, now they're kind of a bit more of like a household name but I think that then that was their moment. Oh, yeah. No one was surprised they're working on mobile stuff because there was money to well, be made there. Well, I mean, it was Chair that made Infinity Blade. And I, I vividly remember when that first game came out because I was still hosting that iPad show like way back in the day. <laughs> and it was a really big deal because um, games on iPad, you know, were this brand new thing that were happening. And having games specifically developed for, for the glass and, and touch controls was a very specific type of gaming that a lot of people back then and some even today don't consider real gaming. They consider it casual gaming. Uh, and I'm not here to debate the merits of what
what casual versus hardcore is because I think a lot of people have a variety of definitions. But I've always been of the mindset that mobile games frequently get overlooked um, by people who only play on PC and console. And there's so many fantastic mobile gaming experiences out there. So I'm excited to see what they're going to bring. I hope that they have some uh, really cool reveals with Apple Arcade. I hope we get the final pricing. I hope we get the release date. I've been someone who's loved playing games on my iPhone, and I would love to see what they're going to offer. So um, that is starting at, I believe, the same time the Games Daily is starting tomorrow. Yeah, So is. we'll have to like, get a live report at some point. We'll check in during the show a, with me a, and a Gary. A counterpoint to your point about this is okay. I, I, too, enjoy mobile games very often. But I've never found myself really enjoying the, the mobile games the way that they present them at these shows. And I think them pushing out Apple Arcade won't change that. Because uh, I feel like uh, whenever it's these big AAA titles that they're trying to push, mobile AAA titles, right? It's like it always kind of feels try hard. Like it feels like they're trying to change people's minds. They're like, no, but look, you can have your console experience here too. Whereas I feel like the value and power of mobile games is kind of that time wasting in a good way value of just checking in every once in a while to to play through and get the thing of the day or whatever it is. And I feel like the games that kind of really succeed on mobile are the ones that just happen and then you start hearing about, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like the ones that Apple are kind of trying to curate for you, in my experience, aren't the ones that I'm like, all right, th- this is what's up. Super Mario Run comes to mind. I think there's two different, two different things to unpack there. I think I'm with you that Apple clearly is working with major tentpole partners in probably what is a paid sponsorship type scenario, right? I'm sure Apple paid for, or excuse me, Nintendo paid for placement for Super Mario Run inside the press conference. Because I I kind of see it as as Apple wanting the headline to be associated with a company like Nintendo. Absolutely. And I think that that's the thing is like they use this more as like the, in the same way that EA has all of its sports games and its press conferences at E3 to get the wall street journal headline. I think it's the same thing of Apple wants to have the real players in video games as part of their gaming uh, section of their press conferences so that people like the IGNs of the world would be like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like they're partnering with Nintendo. You're going to get a much more detailed and interesting write up about a Mario game coming to Apple than here's racing game number 3004. Absolutely agree with you 100%. It's really an interesting strategy because the mobile games that are the most successful are played by people who never watch a show like KFGD, who yeah. never read IGN.com. Mm-hmm. And I. I'm kind of curious as to how Apple is going to lean into the people who are actually buying games on their platform and playing hundreds of millions of hours of these games monthly with Apple Arcade and what they're going to choose to focus on. So Yeah. I, just, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that Apple can come out with a game that they're like, look, we're, we've learned so much over the last decade of the App Store existing that we are finally pre- ready to present to you a reason why Apple Arcade makes sense. You know? I just doubt it. (laughs) Well, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, Next question. This will probably be our last one. So let's see here. Hmm. Is there any one of these that are speaking to you? (laughs) What do you think? Uh, 2038 Pokemon CEO at the end there. Yeah. Why not? 
Looking back at your freshman year in the industry, what advice would you give yourself? Bonus. Anything in regards to networking? P.S. The Linktree link from... Oh, yeah. I already yeah, told yeah, you guys yeah. this. Um, so, Tim, looking yes. back at your freshman year in the industry, what advice would you give young Tim? Um, presentation matters a lot. How you present yourself visually and how you speak to people and all of that really matters. And your first impressions are so, so, so important. And you don't want to get written off as a joke to people. And I mean, you guys have seen me my entire career at this point. And it's just like, it'd be pretty easy to look at me, how I used to dress, how I used to, to act um, and be like, oh, this kid, this kid, a fucking kid. You know what I mean? Try to not look like a kid. The, the sooner that you can have that grow up moment, I think people will respect you a lot more and respect your work. You don't want to get stuck being known as the intern. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if you are the intern. You want to be like, you want to graduate from that as soon as possible. There's nothing wrong with being the intern. That's a good thing. Well, we all do our time. Yeah, you, you got it. But I just think that people, it's pretty easy to get stuck in having everybody think of you a certain way that's going to pigeonhole you at the end of the day. And I think a lot of that has to do with just how you present yourself, how you present your opinions, understanding that like not everything is about you. Um, and you, maybe you shouldn't come up with hashtags uh, saying that you should host things. <laughs> But maybe you should, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, look at you now, Tim. Mm-hmm. Hosting everything. <laughs> That's really good advice. Um, looking back at my freshman year in the industry, um, I would probably tell myself to believe in myself more. I had a lot of struggles early on in my career being surrounded by a lot of what they would deem as like hardcore video game nerds telling me that I wasn't a gamer enough that I didn't play the right kinds of games, that my knowledge wasn't as deep as theirs in specific franchises, therefore I was unqualified to do my job. But I look back at it now, and I never understood today why I let it get to me so bad back then. And I think imposter syndrome is real for people of all walks of life, no matter what kind of job you're in. And you just have to wake up every morning believing that you are doing the best that you can do by doing the best that you can do and just keep proving them wrong. You know, yeah. don't give up on yourself and always strive to make yourself better and keep educating and keep pushing. And if I could, you know, talk to, you know, Andrea, like at the very beginning of my career, that's what I would say to myself. And uh, anything in regards to networking, I have a, a key piece of advice there. Don't ever let your ego get in the way and just always say hi to people. Always introduce yourself and remind people who you are because a big thing is you, everyone's had that moment where you're walking and then you see somebody that you went to high school with and you're just like, ooh, I don't want to talk to them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you just have a feeling where you try your best to avoid eye contact and all of that. You know the best way to just own that situation? Look at them and just be like, hey, all of a sudden that means you are in control. You were the better person that was able to do the thing. And like, they're not going to judge you for that. They're going to be like, oh, I recognize them. They recognize me. And if they don't recognize you, it's totally fine. It's just like, oh, okay. At least I threw some positivity that way. And in the industry, something I learned pretty early on is I, and to this day, this still happens where I've been with Greg so often at events, or I've been with, with people that like know more people than I do. And I constantly am like, okay, I know you, but I don't know if you know me. So introduce yourself. 
Just say, hey, I'm Tim. Say, give, say who you're, like, I'm with IGN or whatever. And they're like, oh, I, I know, whatever. It's like you just need to help them understand who you are. And don't ever feel like, like, oh, man, they should know who I am. Don't ever feel that way. It doesn't matter how big you get. Always act like nobody knows who you are. And it's funny that this is coming up because I remember with you, it would be this way. I met you. It feels like a decade ago at this point. Close. But like, yeah, like I guess 2012. Yeah, it was 2012. Seven years. And, and in those first early years, I'd see you every couple months at different events and stuff. But I knew you knew Greg. But I was like, I don't know if she remembers who I am. I'm just the intern or I'm just the this <laughs> or whatever. But I always would act like I know you, say hi, reintroduce myself if I needed to or whatever. And then I hit a point where it's like, oh, now we know each other, you know. But I just think that that is that's real important advice that I see a lot of people fuck up. Networking is crucial to your success in whatever your walk of life is or whatever your profession is. And particularly if you want to go into an entertainment field, it's really all about who you know. And that was a tough lesson for me to learn as a young person as well, because I think we all want to be judged on our merits and not judged on who we know and not necessarily get an opportunity because we knew the guy who knew the girl or your friends with or relatives with somebody. But you always want to work with people that you've worked with before. When I go to hire somebody, I usually think, oh, "Who have I worked with already that I can that I can you know hire?" And so you get those opportunities by networking. So if you do have the opportunity to go to a mixer or an event, I know sometimes it can be challenging, particularly if you suffer from you know social anxiety or you don't do well with crowds or if you're more of an introvert. Going into those large group settings can be really daunting for you. But I would really push you to get outside your comfort zone, even if it's just to like sit at the bar. And maybe sit by yourself or, you know, to like, you know, bring a single friend. Every opportunity you have to meet somebody at an event could be the next big opportunity for you. And you never know when those introductions are going to happen. We're going a little long on this, but the one last point I want to make about it is those situations where it's like there's a mixer or something about video games. Go. There's a PAX where there's community meetups, go talk to people and meet people because we all like the same things. We always talk about this with kind of funny meet and greets. Come talk to each other. We all like video games. So start talking about video games and you're going to be able to get a conversation going. Next thing you know, you have a friend. And I just went to a wedding in Tahoe that was for one of Gia's friends. None of them could give a fuck about video games or any of my life, anything going on. And I'm stuck with a bunch of people in a room that I have nothing in common with. And I'm just like... I hate this. I just want to be at a PAX right now. And it just made me realize that it's like, wow, there is something so special about our industry and that there are places you can go and so many different opportunities to meet people that are like-minded that it's not just about advancing your career, but you never know. If that is your goal, you, all you need to do is meet somebody and it's going to change everything. Amen to that. All right. And that is going to do it for this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Tomorrow's host is me and Gary Witta. Woo! Because Greg is going to be at the Apple event. And then Wednesday is my final KFGD with Greg. Send in all the questions. It's going to be fun. And then Greg and Tim are closing out Thursday and Friday. So they'll talk to you about all the sweet TGS news that is happening in Tokyo. And then on Wednesday, September 11th at 2 p.m., we're going to be live recording the games cast for patrons at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the original crew one last time. Andy's going to have to reanimate that intro again. Yeah, I need. we need to figure that out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if going forward we're ever going to have people gonna keep faces. adding people. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Um, some Eurongs here. Al Bob eight seven five says deal of the day Celeste is nine ninety nine on the eShop. Nice. 
So, oh, there you great go. Deal. Uh, Lord of Pwns said, nope, not going to read that one. Uh, we already went through that too much. Um, Albob875 also says, Game Anniversary Crash Bandicoot was released 23 years ago today. Well, well, well. Happy birthday to my boy. Um, and then Gary Witta writes in, I fucking doubt it. There's no way Gary Witta <laughs> is a Patreon supporter that's watching Twitch live. He is then- watching live. Fuck, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. This does so. So here's what Gary yeah. Witta says. Hey, I heard Tim was shitting on the Dreamcast. I'd just like to say I no longer have a crush on Tim. His baby blues have turned to crumbling ash. If you hate Dreamcast, you hate games, period. I don't know if he supports us on Patreon because you don't need to be a Patreon supporter for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah we, can, yeah, we leave that open for everybody. Hmm. Yeah. Um, hmm. That does sound well, like something you, that Gary. Gary says, though. Yeah. But, but, yeah. Hey, go love the Dreamcast, Dreamcast if you love the Dreamcast. Exactly. All right, everybody. That will do it for our show for today. If you are watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, stay tuned. We've got We Have Cool Friends with Luke Smith coming up. And for now, we're saying goodbye. One last time, Tim. I love you. It's been our pleasure.